Don't miss the new docuseries, Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, a people's history tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then mm-hmm. a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake that ass up in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. A legend. Actress, Kim Field. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I can't believe I'm just not getting here. Oh, man. We happy to have you. <laughs> this is your first time on the show? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Wow. How are you, first and foremost? I'm great. How are you? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. Well, all right and all right. And... Happy birthday. Thank you very to much. You. Thank Happy you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you. How does it feel to be a, a star on yet another hit show? <laughs> well, thank you. Talk about, you know, being blessed and favored. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels wonderful. It's it's very surreal, quite honestly. Uh, and we knew that we had something really great. We didn't know it was gonna do what it did mm-hmm. and continues to do and have the impact, you know, that it has on the culture and beyond. So it's 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 exciting. It feels great. Of course, Absolutely. we're talking about the Upshaws, if you mm-hmm. haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. Season two. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get involved with the Upshaws for people that don't know? Uh, <clears throat> I was actually on a press tour for uh, a movie that I executive produced and starred in called Adventures in Christmasing. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I was in L.A. on the press tour, they said, hey, can you come in and do a chemistry meeting uh, with Mike Epps and Wanda Sykes for a Netflix series? And I wasn't checking to do a comedy, but I was like, that's a trio you can't say no to. And so I went in. Mike and I had great chemistry. Uh, Wanda and I had great chemistry. And the Netflix crew was there. And before I got home, practically, they were like, yep, we're going to we're going to do an offer and, you know, go from there. Do do you ever feel intimidated to keep up with the humor of the Mike Epps and Wanda Sykes? Not at all, because we we all have our lanes, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're so funny. But I know my lane. You know, and so and they definitely give me uh, a lot of great stuff to do on the page as well. Um, And they're not really 
doing a lot of improv, you know, it's it's so great. Our writers are misfire, you mm-hmm. know, and so it's so great what they do. And uh, and so you really don't have to kind of jockey for position, you know. Now, we've we seen recently that Martin did a, a reunion show. Yeah. Would you guys be interested in you, doing a, a... You knew this question was I knew. I mean, living single reunion, could, you could know, that possibly happen? Did y'all think about it? Um, we we have this this really great thread, the six of us and Yvette, who created the show, uh, this text thread. And so, um, you know, we just love how everyone loves living single. And again, talk about impact, you know, that the show has made uh, and continues to make. Um, and we don't want to taint that by just kind of throwing a reboot together mm-hmm. with the idea of a reunion show. Um, thank God everybody's busy. So, you know, there's no plans for one in the immediate future, but, you know, one never knows. I, I saw you tell people.com that you got to be cautious when you do these uh, reboots, of, right, whether it's yeah. Facts of Life or Living Single. They mm-hmm. said you have to be really careful. So what, what, yeah, what, are yeah. your, what are your worries exactly? Well, because if you, if you these characters are beloved, you mm-hmm. know, Martin, Fresh Prince, uh, uh, living single, facts of life, different strokes. I mean, these characters, these these shows are so beloved, and these characters really mean something to everyone. And so, if you get it wrong, they're gonna be mad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And if you if you get it wrong to this tune of, well, I didn't see the character doing that, or no, that doesn't make sense, or trying too hard, or just you know, almost feeling like you're trying to put a square. What is it? A square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, it's almost like, hey, why don't we just kind of keep curating what's there mm-hmm. and acknowledge that and celebrate, you know, the efforts that the those actors and those creatives are making now in other places. Absolutely, as, as yeah. a fan, is selfish in a way, right? Because it's like. <laughs> It's, we would only want that for nostalgia purposes. We got yeah. all of the reruns. We watch it now. It's right, a timeless right. show. So yeah. just enjoy the art that's so, there. The reboots or the reunion? The re- I mean, no, the show. Like, mm-hmm. the living, like, living single right, reruns right. all the time. Like yeah. It's like watching, like, the Mona Lisa. Just go right. enjoy the art that was created. <laughs> but for reunion, well, you want to see you. what your yeah. favorite cast members are up to, what they're doing, if you don't see them. That's what, the, that's what I thought was dope about the Martin. Yeah. Martin, you know? mm-hmm. I think the I think those reunions are kind of a nice, happy medium. You know, a good yeah. hybrid for, we're not really rebooting, but here you get to see us all together together um, because certainly social media you get to see everybody as much as they want you to see them mm-hmm. um, but I think it's a good little happy medium now I'm be honest now I, I just thought about it. I wouldn't I would love a reunion see? because I love hearing Erica Alexander talk oh my gosh she's, As she's the best mm-hmm. yes she is Queen Latifah yourself yeah. Kim Coles mm-hmm. yeah I would like to see that now that yeah. I think about it just the conversation amongst right, y'all right right yeah, yeah absolutely well you know when we had one of those uh, anniversary specials that I think TV One did mm-hmm. uh, and we weren't able to get everybody but um, we got quite a few of us and so we were sitting around and chatting about the show and, and that sort of thing so we have had that type of a moment mm-hmm. not with everybody all in but you know close Enough for I would love, like mind frame on certain episodes, how they shot it, how they how it felt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would love to hear that. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time, well, not the first time I saw y'all, but I think probably one of the first times I saw y'all together in an interview was on Arsenio Hall. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Back in the day, how how important was that interview at the time? That was major, you know, um, because of what the Arsenio Hall show was to the world. Absolutely. You know, at that time, that was what at, nowadays we would call that a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and definitely a highlight for all of us even for everybody that had accomplishments in the individual careers, um, to be able to do Arsenio at that moment in time with all of us. It was it was really great, really, really just a, a memorable, you know, moment, definitely a highlight. Absolutely. Right. Now, you did Housewives. Mm-hmm. That was short-lived. Yes. You didn't like it? wasn't for you? No, no, no. It wasn't that at all. It was only supposed to be a one and done. You okay. know, it was it was Brett Favre with the Jets kind of moment. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, for me, um, I did what I, what I had set out to do. The mandate at that time in my career was I'm celebrating 40 years in the industry. Wow. And so my team, I said, hey, let's go into uncharted waters. We're only going to do stuff that we've never done before. And so um, they kept asking me to do reality for years. And I was like, no, the time's not right. It's just too much. So we said, okay, well, let's just give that a try and see. But knowing that I still had other shows to do, other work to do as a director, as a producer, all kinds of things. Um, So it was just one of those, okay, yep, did that. And then from there being almost catapulted into Dancing with the Stars, which was not only a game changer, but a real life changer Mm -hmm. for me because... 
I there was such a deep dive of surrender and pushing my limitations all the way to the mm-hmm. point of no return, you know, and that was the introduction uh, to me for um, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Wow. And so from there, I haven't, you know, looked back since. It's always forward motion of what haven't I done? What can we still do? Because there's a lot to still be done. Did you not like reality TV at all? It was You know, it's the production. It's it's the production schedule, you know, um, in scripted, whether it's single camera, multi-camera, comedy, drama, whatever, uh, even in features, you you have a very specific schedule. Um, and so with reality TV, you don't really have that. Um, and so it's a lot more demanding. And when you're doing other things besides that, um, then it's really incredibly demanding. Uh, and v- it was very difficult, you know, family-wise, just with just everything else that was going on. So it was one of those, yeah, we're good. We'll stay in the scripted spaces. We'll stay in the certain lanes that, that we can really maintain that type of, of scheduling mm-hmm. uh, and that sustainability now, work-wise. Now, with Dancing with the Stars, were you a dancer or was this something like... I'd never done that before in my life. So you never danced. So you had no. to be trained from the beginning. From How scratch. How difficult was that? <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, um, it wasn't difficult. Um, the challenge that I, I wanted to keep rising to every day was um, come in as a blank slate be a blank canvas for my partner, Sasha, to be able to... Kyrie Irving traded to the Lakers, possibly. Oh, interesting. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't think so. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. And we're back. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but having that sense of, um, of, of doing something that you've never done before, but at the highest level, you know, um, was really exciting. Um, very, very uh, demanding. Incredibly demanding. Dancing about six or seven hours every day. And I'm very competitive. Um, and so there was nothing that he could ask me to do. And I was like, if you teach it to me, I will do my very best. Um, and so now I have that skill set uh, at that level. And it introduced other things to me. Like now I want to be, uh, I want to compete professionally in um, tango. So mm. um, I just started doing lessons. I make time. Okay. I make time for it. Yeah. And then COVID happened. So I had to obviously no more lessons but you know integrating that back into the schedule is something that i really want to do how how would kim feel to describe her journey in the entertainment industry oh um i i i very exciting very mm-hmm. surreal you know to be uh to be the the little black girl from harlem um who is who is the one that's still going you know mm-hmm. and like our brother ll always says doing it and doing it and doing it well that's right you know and so it's very surreal that i'm not a stranger to people around the world that people have known of me or me since i was seven years old mm-hmm. um it's it's you know uh, it's like langston hughes poem well son i'll tell you life for me ain't been no crystal stairs you know there's there's been some low lows and some high highs and you know all the all, all the stuff in between um, there's still a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, I think people don't see me coming. What and you, so, explain, what do you mean? Well, from the standpoint that that they, they know of me, mm-hmm. you know, but the idea of, like, it, it's almost like almost every time people say my name, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I got what you're saying, <laughs> yeah. You know, and so after a while, in order for me not to, you know, have that really mess me up, it became a thing of, okay, so now I have to flip the script and make it where I have the element of, of surprise. It's a surprise attack since now you're just not going to see me coming. Mm-hmm. But know that I'm here. So I think that's that's the way to describe it. It's like this push-pull of I always feel very um, honored mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, what are the, the flowers mm-hmm. and, and, and all of that. But shit, it's still a grind. <laughs> I'm still grinding and hustling like... Damn, like I'm new at this. I wonder if they don't see you coming because you, you know, you've had the blessing of having two characters that are just absolutely beloved. Yeah. Like you see, you see you, and you see those two characters. You think mm-hmm. that is it? They don't I really think that's know some Kim? of it. I think that's some yeah. of it. You know, I think that the characters that I've played, that I've been doing, blessed to do these long running shows, um, and then being behind the camera for so many years. Um, and so it's it's just kind of those I I really like the um, expect the unexpected. Mm-hmm. I think that's my mantra going forward in my career. 
you know, um, is that not only did you not see me coming, but now you better expect the unexpected because mm-hmm. you know I'm still here and I ain't going no goddamn where. And that, that, that 80s celebrity is different. That's real celebrity. This yeah. shit now ain't real celebrity. <laughs> like you came up in the era of real right, right. celebrities. So mm-hmm. that's, I'm sure that's why people recognize you all over the world. Um, I, you know, I, yes, I totally understand that mm-hmm. concept because the 80s were such a very specific time mm-hmm. and such a, a pinnacle for, for culture, pop culture. Yeah. Um, and so to survive that... Um, and just what, you know, society-wise and, and life-wise, what was going on. I think it was just a lot. So if you got to the other side of that and you're still going, whew, you know, great. Right. But, yeah, I think that that's part of it. It's almost like the characters in the 70s, you know. And even though Facts of Life had just started then, but you still had those staples, you know, mm-hmm. that, that were beloved as well. So I do think that some of it is the time that I was getting my comeuppance. You know, which is why I'm so excited about the Upshaws mm-hmm. because it's such a new and and fresh take on a, a style of storytelling that everyone loves the the sitcom, the classic sitcom, but in such an edgy, you know, again, expect the unexpected kind of right. vibe. Mm-hmm. As a as a little black girl coming from Harlem, yeah. how did you get into acting? So mom um, is uh, well was because she claims that she's retired. She's a director now. She directs uh, Young Dylan. Uh, but my mother oh, wow. uh, is an actress, um, and so she um, was starring in Hello, Dolly! with Pearl Bailey when I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And I would go backstage and see her go out on tour, and I would love to see the behind the scenes. That was the magic to mm-hmm. me. Very shy person, Kim Fields, and even as a kid, very shy. And so the idea of performing and wanting to be seen, not my thing at all. But the magic, seeing the costumes and mm-hmm. the wigs and the makeup and the sets and the props, and that was my sweet spot I was finding more and more. And so that's how I got kind of into it. Uh, Mom was in acting class here in New York, and we couldn't afford a babysitter. Mm. And so she would take me to her acting class with her. There were other kids there. Their parents couldn't afford babysitters. Danielle Spencer, who played D on What's Happening, she was a part of that little tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's where we got introduced to it. We would in- imitate what we saw our parents doing just because we were bored, and that was how we entertained ourselves. First commercial was um, uh, Miss Butterworth Syrup mm-hmm. when I was seven. Um, and Mom had moved us to L.A. She couldn't take Harlem and, and New York anymore. I was going to ask you, how anymore. did you get to Harlem at that time? Yeah. At the time, that's when Harlem, the drug yeah, dealers were big. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. When... And my mom was like, no, I can't I can't do this anymore, and I can't raise a baby girl on my own in this environment. And my mom, you know, she was, she was a, a teen mom, basically. Uh, and so she finished uh, high school at High School of Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after she toured with uh, Hello, Dolly, she was like, nope, let's go. So I was at PS92, came back home and <laughs> when everything was fine. By the time I got back home, the little bit that we did have was packed up. And she was like, yeah, we're leaving tonight. Uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. I mean, I was going to ask, you know, how did a child star survive and not go crazy like we see so many of them yeah. do? Yeah. I got my answer. Your mom was in the business. Yeah. You know, she already knew all the demons, all the evils to keep you away yeah. from. You know, I am always amazed at how my mom was able to raise me when she was such a kid herself mm-hmm. and and had no blueprint at all. Um, but my village, you know, those that my mom chose to have around me. Um, and then as I, you know, grew up and, and, you know, invited people into my life and my space, my village is extraordinary. And they, they really do keep me together, keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, they're there for me in the low lows and the high highs, you know, and so um, that has definitely helped um, me not lose it. And I didn't want to be a statistic. Mm. I I thought that I owed, again, my village um, way more than that, mm. you know, than, than what the normal child star path, you know, was going to be. I was going to ask, yeah, because you hear all these stories about young child actors. And, yeah. And these grown men taking advantage of them. Uh, mm-hmm whether it's through the contract or, or sexually. Mm-hmm. And you were able to go through that because your mom was right by your side the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Mom was right there. My Aunt Pat was right there. Um, again, the, the the rest of my village, as I got older and, and, and just had really lifelong friends, Blair Underwood, Malcolm Jamal Warner, um, 
you know. That's, that's royalty right there. Yeah. Yeah. When you say, like, that's wild, like, because it's not too many people, you you know, they characters' names, you know, they real names. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, I don't know, yeah. I don't think y'all realize how much of a part of your, our childhood y'all were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And are. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, now we do because mm-hmm. there's more accessibility, you know, mm-hmm. with that the the way that that you can access your either fan base or your audience or the fans or the viewers can access you to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we do know, you know what I mean? Um, and that's been very helpful, you know, especially in moments where it's like, ugh, this this feels kind of thankless. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, mm-hmm. um, you you realize, but I'm I'm still here and I'm still blessed to do what I do. And again, at that highest level. How do you survive that social media time? Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because at one time, like you said, you were only seen when you wanted to be seen. Right. But now it's like, you know, you you go to the mall or you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Somebody's sneaking a picture, taking a picture. <laughs> I mean, you could just have a head wrap on or you could right. just be doing garden work and, you know, but right. people will take a picture, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so how, how do you navigate through that? Well, I, I for, for me, you know, there's, again, people have seen me since I was seven. So there's really no, like, kind of hiding space, mm-hmm. hiding place. Um, and, you know, so I'm comfortable. Like, if I don't have my makeup, hey. It is that, what it is. It is what it is. Y'all mm-hmm. have seen this face before it knew makeup. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but I, I, I feel like I've kind of navigated certain areas of, of social media. Um, one, from that standpoint of if you can't beat them, join them. Um, and also doing it on my own terms. You know, if I don't, if I'm not up for posting or I feel like I've had just a sensory overload, take a little breather. Um, but, but it's a, it's a space that I actually enjoy because, um, I get, number one, I get to connect, um, with certain people. Uh, I've even, even, you know, collaborations. I just did a collaboration, uh, with Jonathan McReynolds. Um, and he sang on on my soundtrack, and now it's under consideration for an Emmy. So, wow! Congrats! You know, and that was because I thank you, but I reached out on Instagram because we follow each other, and you know, DMs can be great and horrible. So in that moment, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but but social media, you, you know, there's certain things like um, anytime somebody tries to throw me in that auntie zone, I am quick to respond. This is the no auntie zone. <laughs> Hashtag no auntie zone. Um, no, I am nobody. What is it with the no. auntie term that nah, people? Nah, nah, we ain't doing. Because I like mm-hmm. being called unk. I'm 44 well, today. They call me unk. I like it. Really? Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. Word. But nah. Uh-uh. Um, and I think it's you know some of it too. If it's different from you know male female vibe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just uh, I I like the um, the banter sometimes and just things that you learn. Uh, certainly, as a content provider, you have to be in the space so that mm-hmm. you know what's current mm-hmm. and and what's relevant. Um, as an entrepreneur, I'm in the space. It has helped me tremendously um, as uh, with my budding coffee and tea business, Signature Blends by KF, because at that point I don't have to spend what you know a major company would spend on marketing and advertising so you know i think social media is a is a great tool i don't set out people have said a lot that my my pages or my spaces are like um a a really happy place or a destination Mm -hmm. i don't try to be a role model i don't try to be um inspirational and all that most of the time and i think with a lot of the the work that you do it's from that place of, well, here's what I need. Absolutely. I'm speaking to myself first. Absolutely. And if somebody sees it and gets something from it, great. Um, but most of the time, it's I'm seeing either what I need or I'm seeing something that I need and it's not out there. So I'll I I'll provide think, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, mom told me very when I was very young, find a need and fill it. Or if you see a need, then, then fill that. And so a lot of time my social media... Um, is is coming from that kind of space, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I enjoy it, you know. And when people try to get negative, that's right, block, <laughs> either block or it's in the trash. Now, is that how you, you approach your? Oh, I'm sorry. I said you mentioned your DMs. Yes. How many 
fellas are in your DMs that you're surprised about, <laughs> old or young? I'm sure it got to be some young men in, in the DMs as, as well as some older people. That's actually a great question because I think what, what y'all generation don't realize is y'all are showing a different level of aging gracefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when we was growing up, forty and fifty used to seem like old. old, old that, that was like, that was Grady. Yes, Grady. <laughs> yes, that yes. was Grady. Yes. <laughs> absolutely right? was Grady. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to answer that in in my in my DMs, it's just you know I I basically have it set to the people that I know. Um, so I don't have any like surprise like oh my god mm, no, mm-hmm. um, and then in in terms of like aging, it's such a different like you said it's such a different time mm-hmm. it's such a different everything mm-hmm. you know and so I plan on adventuring and journeying and doing I mean just I'm I'm in such a new space mm-hmm. I think too and again the genesis of it dancing with the stars and then. Uh, being uh, uh, regarded the way that I am as an executive producer. Um, you know, people talk about having a seat at the table. Um, my journey, quite honestly, is I feel like I had to actually build the table and the chairs. Mm-hmm. And then everybody was like, oh, shit, well, let me come to this table. So I have a seat at the table. It's just different how that table and that seat got created. Mm. Um, and so that's actually very empowering. And very um, exhilarating, liberating. Oh, we, yeah. So that's that's really where I'm 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 really hovering, and and moving about, and and so with that, yeah. As I'm leveling up age wise, um, it's it's one of those like you know like the princess said, age ain't nothing but a number. That's right. Has, has it gotten better or worse for black creators in the industry? Uh, I think you know, in my humble opinion, I think it's gotten better mm-hmm. um just from the standpoint that i mean the 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 opportunities that we can create ourselves and the gatekeepers aren't really there like they used to be i mean back in the day we had what three networks five networks yeah. now there's so many platforms now you have a, a any kind of phone with a camera and you can become your own network mm-hmm. really quickly um there's so many different outlets that you can populate content on and things like that. So I feel like it's better not just for people of color, but just people, period. You know, anybody that is in that creative space or whatever space you're in and want to create content. Mm-hmm. I just was doing research for a show uh, about architects. Uh, and so in that research, finding all sorts of, uh, like, there's a YouTube platform where this guy and this girl, and all they do is they talk about different topics regarding architecture. And it's massive, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just one of those things where it's like, whatever you're interested in, there's a guy on IG, the fishing guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm mad at you. Whatever you want to do. So I feel like it's, it's the accessibility, mm-hmm. you know, is there. And technology has really helped us in terms of quality. Don't throw no junk up there, people, mm-hmm. just because oh. you can. You, now you mentioned your coffee line. Yes. Now how did you get? Why did you get into the coffee business? So you're a huge coffee drinker. Oh my goodness, yes, yeah, a huge coffee and tea drinker. So when I was a little kid, my teacher in third grade, she would read to us every day after lunch, and she was reading Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. and she had this enormous thermos of black hot coffee that she would drink. And so the aroma from that, and listening to the story, I always felt like I was in like the Chocolate Factory. Fast forward to me graduating from college, and I read uh, Russell Simmons' autobiography, and it really, do really, you? before that one. Before Do You? Yeah. Uh, uh, Life and Death, was it called? Uh-huh. I, but it's the 90s. Okay. It was, I think it was before that. Mm-hmm. But it was, uh, it was really a game changer for me from the standpoint of, I know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I know I didn't want to wait around for some things to happen. And then it became, well, what do you want to do? And I knew I didn't want to just license my name. Uh, and so coffee, I knew, was certainly sustainable. I love the idea that being um, a global, uh, I, I like to think of myself as a global citizen. And so doing coffee and, and tea gave me an opportunity to be in that global space as an entrepreneur, working with over 36 countries around the world and different farms and growers and the bean belt. So it was very exciting. But I also, on a deeper level, I love that coffee's always a part of someone's day, someone's Absolutely. moment, you know, or tea. 
Um, but from that standpoint of, you know, you reach for it first thing in the morning uh, to then to get through the day, then to wind down or have it with dessert or after dinner, um, having a difficult or a, a, a business deal, um, a conversation that may be uncomfortable. Hey, let's grab a coffee and talk things over. So I just love that it was always a part of someone's moment at any given time. Um, and I, I see a lot of my career has has been like that as well. So, are, are you one of those ones that can't even do nothing until you get your cup of coffee? Don't want to talk to nobody. According to, to my eight year old, yes, because <laughs> <laughs> he will look at me on Facetime if we're not together, and he'd be like, "Ooh, why don't you get some caffeine?" <laughs> And then hit me back. So uh, for the most part, yes. Yes, I am. I want to talk to you about the the content of black, you know, shows, art, right? Do you think that it was some type of conspiracy to change the content? Because everybody talks about how, you know, the content is, you know, destructive now and influences people the wrong way. But growing up, you know, you saw Living Single. There was, yeah. y'all had careers mm-hmm. and, you know, y'all weren't, I guess, quote unquote, Ratchet, even though there's nothing wrong with being a little ratchet. But you That's know, right. It's like, do you think there was a conspiracy to change the content of the, the, sh- the shows? Uh, I, I, you know, if, if I'm really for real, for real about it, I, there's probably a conspiracy about every damn thing. Yeah. And, and especially anything positive to impact any people, let alone people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, I don't, I, I'm not aware of anything that was that, you know, um, in your face mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think that as a as a content provider, you have to listen to what the audience is saying that they want to see, you know, and when they put on these great shows or positive shows or whatever and people aren't watching, they get snatched up. So it's almost like are we are we in our own way sometimes? But, you know, hey, we don't have to watch everything just because it's black people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or just because it's music or just because it's. You know, there are certainly many different ways that people can enjoy content and stories. And so I think at the end of the day, it's it's really about what's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. What are really good characters? Uh, I think that's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it becomes the timing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some shows that you feel like, God, that was ahead of its time. And then some shows you like, OK, we've seen enough of that type of show. Can we please see something else? So I, I, I don't know that there's a conspiracy or that there was, but I feel like there are certain efforts that that we as the viewers, we actually contribute to. Mm, true, true. You know, uh, Kim Coles said that uh, Fox used black shows like Living Single and Martin to build the network, then kicked them out the house. What are, what are, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I mean, y- you know, when you when you are growing a network and, and creating something from scratch, yes, you do gravitate towards what do we know is going to sell right away? What do we know will have that loyal audience right away? And historically speaking, it's been black shows. Mm-hmm. Um, y- but yes, there is that sense of, okay, we got the numbers, we grew the audience. And then sometimes it's also if there's a changing of the guard. If there's a new network executive and they want to create a new vision, put it in a new direction, then, you know, and it has nothing to do with being, you know, shows of color, um, then, you know, you, you go that route. Um, so so I think that, yeah, that there there is definitely something to what uh, Kim said in terms of, um, you know, how they build the network. Um, yes, do I think that there could have been a touch more finessing in terms of how you transition into whatever the new direction is. Um, but, you know, people run their network how they want to run it. So so how important is it to have a creator like a Regina Hicks who's worked on, like, Insecure, Girlfriends, mm-hmm. Sister, Sister? Mm-hmm. Like, is it important to have somebody who understands those legendary black sitcoms and what it takes to create one? Yes, um, from the standpoint of her experience. Mm-hmm. Not, in my opinion, not because she's, a woman or a woman of color, um, it, mm. you know. I've, but and and here's why: because there are those of us, Mike Epps, Wanda Sykes, me. We are people of color, and you know, two of us are women. One is a man of color, so we're already going to bring some of that to the table. So the idea of well, we need somebody who understands that voice. Mm, well, not if we have that voice. Her 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 resume. And, and what she knows about running a writer's room or what she knows about how to have, a, you know, a successful show and a successful comedy. 
those to me are the more important boxes to check if you're going to just, you know, start checking boxes. Um, but I do feel like there has to be that sense of um, diversity, even when mm-hmm. you are telling a specific type of story. Like people will say, oh, I'm looking for a black director. I need a female director. Well, I check those boxes, but I don't approach it that way. I'm a director. Um, and so my sensibilities are about how to tell a great story. Secondary and what's kind of tertiary is, yes, I'm female or yes, I'm a person of color. But but for me, it's, you know, if you're a great director, you should be able to tell anybody's story. Now, I love that because, you know, you have some companies, they got that uh, title now, what is it, president of president of diversity and uh, mm-hmm. inclusion. Inclusion, yeah. <laughs> but it, it might be a black person that has no connection to the black community, right. no experience yes. with black people whatsoever. Listen, I, uh, you know, in the wake of certain um, tragedies, mm-hmm. in the wake of certain um, difficult moments in society, um, we had some, you know, what some would consider forward motion, mm-hmm. forward movement. Um, and exactly what you're saying. And for me, I'm not I'm not about being a box checker. Mm-hmm. And when you are a box checker and then you don't have the skill set to back it up, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, get 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 in the door with the boxes that you check. But then what you're gonna do once you're in the door? You have to have the skill set. You gotta bring the thunder. Otherwise you're just a box checker taking right. up air. So then check the box that I'm an air taker upper. <laughs> 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 you think that's messing up the art? Because it feels like sometimes they'll put some black shows on, black movies, and it should be whack. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I feel like it's messing up the art, the craft, um, the culture. I, I mean, just, <laughs> just, I mean, come on. You know, there there are people that, um, y- you know, I, the diversity on anything is what's up. I mean, it just makes it that much more interesting, that much more collaborative, that's that much more real mm-hmm. in terms of of what the, the the reality is in most people's environments, and it just makes to me for for it to be more interesting. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I want you diverse in thought, though. I, I like I like diversity, yes. but I like diversity in thought, diversity right. in creativity. Like what you said is. is the talent first. Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely. And then, hey, if you check a box or two, cool. But at the end of the day, that's more of a, I think, of a corporate mind, mindset of, of checking those boxes as a, because because they want to look good. That's right. But then it's like, OK, but then the, the work that's being put out there and not just in terms of the creative space, but anything, mm-hmm. you know, you should you could be at Microsoft. And, and if you yes, I check the box. I'm black. I'm female. I'm fluid. I'm mm-hmm. bi. I'm pronoun free or I mean, just all of that. And then. You know, now it's time to, to show up and do the work. That's right. And you might be whack. There That's it right. is. There <laughs> it is. Now, you talked about, is. you know, you wanted to do reality show. You wanted to be a director. You mm-hmm. wanted to do this. Is there anything that's that you haven't done yet that you want to do? Yeah. What's on your bucket list that you're like, this is what I want to do? Oh, my gosh. Well, I guess I don't approach it like bucket list vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I approach it more of just, you know, here's some shit I want to do. Okay. So let's let's go. So so for me, um, definitely I want to do more drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely want to do um, sci-fi um, because I love sci-fi and fantasy. And, you know, folks can't just be the only ones in, you know, blue and green makeup and getting a check. I mean, come on. I, <laughs> I put another color on right. me and I'll get a check well, too. Ask him what, so, he wants, what he wants to do for his birthday today. What we doing today, baby? <laughs> what we doing, brother? This is what he wants to do okay. for his birthday. The only thing. Okay. Right. Go, what, well, I'm what going to therapy at three, and I got mm-hmm. a workout at six. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm watching Miss Marvel on Disney Plus, and there's a mm-hmm. in the, the Welcome New Jersey sign on Exit 14. They have Miss Marvel sitting on top of the sign. Uh huh. Just want to go see it. I love. I'm a science fiction guy. I'm okay. a comic guy. I'm a blurred. I so like for his birthday. He wants to drive down the parkway just <laughs> right. to see it. That's just exciting to, see to me. Just to see it. Yeah, she's the first okay. Muslim superhero. Okay. She's on top of the sign. Right. So now, I, I thought you was going to say that you wanted to be up there and sit next to her on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> That's some birthday shit oh, to drop on. Huh? My anxiety too bad. <laughs> there ain't no way in hell. You ain't doing <laughs> nah, that. Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> you just want to see it in the I just want to see it. I'm you ain't cool. even going to do your seatbelt? Mm, no, no, no. I'm going to drive by like, oh, that's dope. Oh, that's <laughs> Keep it moving. Well, the upshore season. Oh, I got a couple more questions. Because, you know, you said earlier, you said this is a thankless business. Mm-hmm. 
So what do black creators need to do to get there? Just do. Hmm. Mm. Manage your expectations on getting that just do. Mm. Manage your expectations because, you know, usually my answer is, you know, be good. Mm-hmm. Be be better than, you know, set the bar. Don't just don't just don't just get to the bar. And in fact, raise the bar. And all of that is fine, but then you can do all of that and still feel like, well, that now what? You know, I, I didn't get any accolades or I didn't get any flowers. I didn't get any awards. I, I didn't get a pickup. So I feel like managing your expectations, you know, and I know you, you, you were specific in terms of black creatives, but for anybody that's listening, you know, and you're looking at wanting to, go further, you know, hit it stronger and, and, and level up and raise the bar and, and, and all of that. Um, those are fantastic goals to have mm-hmm. and more than likely a- attainable. But at the end of the day, you can do all of that. And if your goal is at beyond what you can control, then, you know, you have to manage that expectation mm-hmm. versus it's a great example. Years ago, Blair and I were Blair and Wood and I were talking about auditioning, and uh, he said, "You know, make the goal something other than booking the gig, because that's actually not in your control. You can go in there, crush it, kill it, give them some they never thought about for that role. I mean, be extraordinary, and not book it." Because of circumstances beyond your control, they've already cast. They're going with a different type of look. They're going with a different name, all kinds of things. And so what is the goal, you know? But don't make the goal something pressurized, like I got to book this to pay my rent. I got to book this to get the light bill paid or my baby needs shoes, whatever it is, because that pressure mm-hmm. will then mess you up and you won't be able to be at your best. Mm-hmm. But when you find that space where you are not in a pressurized moment, then make the goal something that you can control. Oh, I want to do better with my comedy. Or I want to work on being off book in an audition a bit more, knowing all the lines a bit more. Things that you can control. That way, even if you don't get the job, you go, okay, but at least I I was off book. At least Mm -hmm. I feel like I got my comedy going a bit more because I'm more of a dramatic, dramatic actor. So that's what I think when I say manage your expectations. You know. Now you mentioned auditioning. Do you still audition for for parts? No, um, I am either she said uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm either offer only or like with the Upshaws um, chemistry. Um, certain things I will do a meet and greet with either the director or the producer, just because, like you said earlier, bro. I don't know what's in some people's heads if they haven't seen the Upshaws when they hear the name Kim Fields. Mm-hmm. I don't know what visual is going to pop up in there. And even if you Google me, I don't know what image. And, you know, there's a slew of them that come up. How old am I going to be? Yeah. <laughs> am, I, am I grown? <laughs> am I a kid? Yeah. Am I an 80s teen that just nobody wants to see, mm-hmm. you know? So so, so I, I don't mind meet and greets and things like that. But I don't necessarily audition in that truest sense um, of the word. So yeah. what, what, that's, that's great advice you gave. So what is your intention when you do a show like The Upshaws? Um, Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. 
I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. To do something, again, that I've never done before. So, So those characters... Um, and my character in particular, I've not played that type of character. So even though I've done, you know, 14, 15 years of sitcom television, um, what makes this moment different? Well, this is edgier. Edgier than living single? Uh, yeah, because at that time, living single for me was totally edgy. Mm-hmm. To go from facts of life to living single? Yeah. What? <laughs> that was for real uncharted waters. So now doing that same kind of thing. Okay, so what are my expectations? Yeah. You want to do the kind of great work that makes your industry and your peers take notice and, you know, submit you for awards and all these other things. But if not, I'm going to be all right Mm -hmm. because I feel like, wow, that scene, I put my foot in it. Wow, that moment there was really great. 
you know, and so so I feel like that to me is is really when you go back to the goals and what are my expectations that I'm managing. Mm-hmm. Season two just dropped. So, you know, yeah, of course, we want everybody to love it. Everything ain't for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, every black thing ain't for every black person. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at, OK, for 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 my character. You know, did I did I leave it all on the floor? Mm-hmm. And and that becomes my goal and my expectation. That's what I expect from myself. Mm. And then everything else is the gravy train. Now you, you talked about doing something for the check, doing something for the money to mm-hmm. keep the light bills on. Mm-hmm. Have you ever did a role for the check and regretted it later on? If there was ever a part in your life, you'd be like, well, I got to do it for this and then hated yourself later on. Like I didn't like that. N- no, because, <clears throat> excuse me, because, um, I, 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 first, I don't live in regrets. I mean, there's just, what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. That's, that's energy that could be, you know, used for something else. Um, but, but I have, um, I don't necessarily take a role for the check. Um, sometimes it's for the opportunity. Um, so if it becomes a situation of, oh, well, it's a small role, but it's to work with so-and-so, then okay, yeah, sure. Or it positions me. I'm really big on positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if it puts me in a different position, then okay, yeah, you know. Um, thankfully, I'm, I'm more about who do I feel like being bothered with. Word. <laughs> Word. You know, who do I feel like I want to work with? Um, because that's real, you know, and I, and I really am clear and grateful that I've gotten to a point in my career where if I'm like, mm, I, I think I'm, I'm good. I'm, no, I don't, I don't really want to. You know, have that kind of energy in my in my energy right now, mm-hmm. and so there have been you know projects or opportunities where I've passed on that. You know, it would have been a great check. Mm, I'm, I'll find another way to make some paper. Gotcha. What, what do you What do you expect from the Upshaws and Netflix? And the reason I ask that because I'm sure there was a huge difference between Facts of Life and Living Single. Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. the, the net the, the streaming service. Cause you, mm-hmm. That's like what is that? That's cable. No, no. Living Single would be considered. Living Single was was broadcast. Broadcast, mm-hmm. and then uh, Fact Life was network. Yep. And so the streaming service. So what's the yeah. differences in those three things? Well, as a as as a business model, um, you know, streaming services are, are just different because you um, you can either get all the episodes at once, or you can get them, you know, once a week, like like a regular you know network would mm-hmm. would distribute them. Um, Sometimes there's a tendency to feel that a streaming service will give a show more of a chance, you know, as opposed to, well, we aired three episodes, they didn't work, so we're going to yank the show. And it's like, well, wait, give it, give it, give it a time. Give it some time. Um, and the same with cable. Uh, cable and streaming are usually kind of like kissing cousins in my mind um, because it's, you know, for the most part, commercial free. Um, you have more liberty creatively. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, it was thought to have been um, a little edgier, so you could do more, you could say more, you could cuss, you mm-hmm. could show nudity. I mean, you know, so so there were all sorts of things that you could do on cable and then on uh, streaming that you couldn't necessarily do on a broadcast mm-hmm. network. Well, I, I was going to ask one uh, question with that. So with all those three different things, what, what you talk about, I feel like sometimes with streaming, mm-hmm. it cuts the life short, right? Because mm-hmm. every week you was waiting to see that person, yes. to see that network. But now if you all, let's say I watched the whole thing this weekend. Yeah. Now I don't see you for another, you know, until you got to do yeah. season three. Yeah. Which, I, you know, I miss you. But now right. for, you know, every day I would have to wait for a Thursday night to see the comedy That's show. That's right. Wait for, you know, mm-hmm. whatever night to see Living Single. So, mm-hmm. That was Thursday night too. Wasn't yeah. it? That was Thursday yeah. night, both Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. So does that hurt at all? Um, I think some people would argue that yes, it does hurt it in a certain way. Um, this 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 um, newer business model um, of distribution, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it it still works for you know some people love to binge, uh, and then it goes away, and then you want to you know you revisit it like you said, yeah, I'm gonna miss you. Um, so I think that there's something to be said for both models. I think uh, a, a, a platform like Disney Plus. Uh, and now some of the others have caught on where they will stream, but they still drop, you know, one episode a week. So I think they've they've started understanding that people like that hybrid. Like that better, yeah. um, some people uh, uh, like Netflix has started doing it where they'll drop a certain you know number of episodes and call that part one. 
then you have, you know, part two. Even though in broadcast, because people want to keep watching their favorite shows. So remember you used to have, like, you know, your cliffhanger, and that was for the summer. And then you didn't see any new episodes till the fall. So now in the fall you get new episodes, and then they have your winter cliffhanger. What is that? And then you, you know, and then you get new episodes after the top of the year. But I like That's real. Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you Absolutely. Why, because we shoot a show, right? And yeah. What What Netflix does is they wait for the show to hit, be a hit. Mm-hmm. Now it's a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what was the show that just came out recently with the where they were shooting the people, whatever that was called? Um, I can't think of it. Oh, it's, uh, Squid Game. Squid Game. Yeah. Squid Game. So Squid yeah. Games came out, right? Everybody yeah. loved it. So, but now you got to wait for them to shoot another Squid Game mm-hmm. to get another budget to do that. So yeah. now, by the time it comes out a, a year and a half later. I don't yeah. forgot about it. Now I got to rewatch the, the first one to, mm-hmm. to catch up. I hate mm-hmm. that. I like yeah. the more of the yeah. weekly catch on, enjoy. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You hate it, but you do it. You right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what age I was when I started realizing there were seasons. Because it just seemed like on Thursday nights, Cosby <laughs> Show's coming on, Different right. World coming on, Martin coming yes. on, Living Single yeah. coming on. Mm-hmm. My, my, my last question, you grew up in the entertainment industry. What was the best and worst advice you received? Um... Thankfully, I've not had any bad advice. Wow. Yeah, thankfully. And if I had, I guess I just didn't listen. So, mm-hmm. um, But my best advice was from my mom. Um, and she, I mean, my goodness, when I wrote my autobiography, I just felt like it should be called, you know, Chips Gems because my mother just dropped gem after gem in my life. Um, but when I was growing up, like one of the early days of Facts of Life, and she said, you start at 100%. And she put her hand up here. And she said, Kimmy, you start at 100%. And everything that you do and say every day that you're here either keeps you here or it can chip away. Ooh. Right? Ooh. And I was like, okay, Ooh. all right. That's, that's all right. And then the second piece of advice, when I went to do the, um, the audition for the Miss Butterworth Syrup commercial. So Janet was there. And that was the first time that I'd even seen her or met her. And you know they had those Jackson, Jackson. summer oh, specials. So yes, okay, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, and so they had um, those summer specials. The Jacksons had, mm-hmm. and so I knew who she was. And I got into that, and that was my first audition, first time mm-hmm. doing anything. We had just gotten to L.A., and I thought, oh my God, that's Janet Jackson. I don't, I, I don't belong here. I want to go home. I want to go home. And I got terrified and very insecure. And my mom took me into the bathroom, and she said, "Listen." She's not doing anything to you. You are doing this to yourself. Don't let anything or anybody intimidate you of your own doing. But Mm. don't don't do it. And there are times to this day, guys, if I'm like feeling, you know, some kind of way or in my feelings and feeling like, oh, I'm not sure, whatever. And, you know, my, my level of confidence or my security is not on full blast. I will go into the bathroom. And tell myself, don't let anything or anyone intimidate you. Wow. And especially when you're doing that to yourself and they're not even doing anything to you. Don't you allow your own mind to do that. So those were the, the two. Hey, Miss Chip. Right? Because right <laughs> nah, that keeps the child from never having <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yeah. Always feeling worthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is two things that you always deal with yeah. no matter how old you are. That's you know? right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that level of security, you know, really, really helped seal seal the deal for me. Wow. Yeah. Well, check out the Upshore Season 2 right now, and we appreciate you for joining the us. The legendary Kim Man, Fisher. Thank, thank you. For coming. you right. I, listen, I'm so glad that I was able to finally get here and finally meet you. Happy birthday thank to you. Thank you again. Thank you. Have an amazing, amazing next chapter thank filled you. with so much adventure and wonder and success and being grounded happy birthday to I you I receive it all thank yes, you yes indeed and go on and sit up there next to her it's Kim Fields it's the Breakfast Club good morning Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. 
even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 